The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gam Podcast are now presented by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgampodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win $500. And welcome everybody to the Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gam Podcast. Now it is currently Tuesday evening, May 2nd. Number host is always Scott Rochelle. Once again, going solo for this pod. Should be a fun one. We are still in Madrid, and it's going to be the quarterfinal preview, and I'm looking forward to it. Now, the schedule for the actual quarters is a bit odd because they're breaking the quarters into two separate days. There are two matches on Wednesday and two matches on Thursday, and I will be covering all four of those matches. But either way, before I should get into any of the breakdowns for the matches, do want to recap how we did on the last episode. Overall, pretty well. Ended up sweeping the lock and dog picks. Uh, ended up winning with Molkant, winning straight sets against Yibbing, which he did. Yibbing, really not a good clay court player. And then for the dog, we had a bit of a sweat there with Munar, minus one game in his match against Kokonakis, and he won that one in straight sets. So a nice win for us, a nice sweep for us, and we'll hopefully we'll pick up another sweep here on a Tuesday. But for the actual outrights, I'd say they were pretty hit or miss for the... Picks to win the event, we had Alcaraz and a couple of long shots. Unfortunately, Rune and Rude fell short, but Alcaraz is dominating, which isn't exactly anything new. I know that it's kind of annoying when a lot of you want long shot picks that are going to win, but in reality, if you have Alcaraz in an event, most of the time he's going to win at this stage, besides injury, which we saw in his match against Sinner a couple of weeks ago. But for the most part, there's a reason why Alcaraz is a massive favorite, Sitsipas is doing very well, too. He was the second favorite with still decent odds. I think he was 10-1 to 1, uh, to win the tournament. But the point is, it's pretty difficult to take serious long shots when Alcaraz is going to make a deep run in basically every event that he's in. We're at this point in his very young career. And I feel like when the Masters 1000 events come around, you have a couple of long shots who make deep runs to the quarters, maybe even the semis. But usually the cream rises to the top and Alcaraz in his home country trying to defend his title. He looks borderline untouchable right now. And we'll see if anyone can actually break through against him. I'm skeptical of it. Uh, but once again, I picked Alcaraz to win the event. So um, apologies for not having an outright that's still alive in terms of long shots. But in reality, you're kind of just grasping at straws or you're hoping something sticks when one of the favorites is most likely going to win a Masters 1000 event because you have so many just top 10 or high quality players at the top and it's difficult to find a long shot who can find his way through such a difficult field. So overall, we still have an outright left. It's Alcaraz not going to really brag about it because, duh, I picked the favorite to win the tournament. But I just wanted to bring that up. The long shots didn't make it. But we did win the lock and dog, which is the most important part for each podcast. So that's definitely a good start to this tournament. Now, as for the schedule, I was originally planning on having an episode for the round of 16. But as you know, I'm a big sports fan. I'm on a bunch of podcasts with the network. And yeah, you have playoff hockey, playoff basketball. Once again, apologies, but I'm going to be watching a bunch of games. And if they go long, then sometimes I'm too tired to do the actual show or the games end at 
two in the morning and the match just and the match just started five in the morning and at that point i don't even bother so apologies there but we will be back for every round moving forward the quarters the semis and the final so keep an eye out for those podcasts but i've stalled along enough time to actually get into the previews for the quarterfinals gonna go in chronological order starting off with the first match between alcaraz and kakanov a massive favorite for alcaraz you're looking at the lines here for the money line. He's around minus 1,200. Uh, Kakanov's around plus 700. As for the over-under, it's around 20 and a half. Uh, the under's minus 128. The over is plus 108. If you want to go for alternative lines, you can get Alcaraz uh, minus six games on the spread at plus 200. I didn't mention, by the way, Alcaraz with the normal spread is minus five at minus 110. As for the alternative totals, you have over 19 and a half at minus 145, under is plus 115 and if you want to take over two and a half sets you can get plus 240 and kakanov to win a set is plus 200 if you want to take in a team total for players individually you can get alcaraz over under 12 and a half games the unders minus 125 overs minus 105 and you can get eight for kakanov overs minus 115 under is minus 115. So go through the head-to-head matches between these two players. They have faced off a couple of times on clay. And I'll tell you right now, it does not bode well for Alcaraz. And uh, not, not bode well, sorry, for Kakanov. Kakanov had a nice win against Rublev yesterday. Was competitive, but got the job done. I said yesterday, but it's technically this morning. I'm so used to recording episodes past midnight. But the point is, Kakanov looked good in his last match. Beat Rublev 7-6-6-4. Uh, did struggle the match before that against... Batista Agut and struggled the match before that against Montero, won both those in three, but beat Rublev in straight sets. Alcaraz, though, completely destroyed Zverev, won 6-1-6-2. It was a bloodbath, and it seems like after the early struggles against Rusevori, Alcaraz has gotten back on track, and as a result, he's the guy to beat in this event. But to go through the head-to-head meetings, you have Alcaraz winning all five sets in their careers on clay, they played in Roland Garros back in 2022. Alcaraz won 6-1, 6-4, 6-4. And they played in Hamburg, and Alcaraz won that one 6-0, 6-2. So Kakanov, I don't think he's going to play well here. He had a nice win against Rublev. I think he probably gets buried here. Not exactly a hot take. Alcaraz is in great form. Beating Zverev 6-1, 6-2 is definitely impressive. I know I'm low on Zverev compared to most guys, but that's still a dominant performance, and I do think that Kakanov with his unforced errors tendency and just overall with the court coverage of Alcaraz, the drop shots, the variety, I think Kakanov's going to be in serious trouble throughout this match. I think Alcaraz buries him. I think he probably wins 6-3, 6-2, something like that. But for the sake of this overall match breakdown, I think Alcaraz wins comfortably. I like the under. I like Alcaraz to win with the spread. Once again, I think he probably wins somewhere around by six or seven games. So give me Alcaraz to win by destruction in the early match in the quarters. Now moving on to the second quarterfinal matchup, you have Altmaier against Chorich. Fascinating to have this as the late match on the first day as opposed to the Alcaraz match, but whatever. Anyway, to go through the actual odds here, Chorich is a favorite Decent favorite, nothing crazy. Minus 170, give or take. As for the game spread, it's around minus three or minus two and a half. Chorch minus two and a half is plus 100. And Altmaier plus two and a half is minus 130. If you want the alt lines, uh, Chorch minus three and a half set, uh, minus three and a half games is plus 158. And Altmaier plus three and a half games is minus 183. If you want to go for the over under, 
it's around uh, 23 flat or 23 and a half. So keep an eye out. If you think there's going to be a breaker, you might want to lean to the over. Or if you think there's going to be just three sets, you're gonna you're probably going to take an over. If you think it goes straight sets, you're probably leaning under automatically. Now, to go through the actual head-to-head matches between these two players, uh, you have nothing to talk about because they've never played in the head-to-head. So it's kind of a fascinating matchup. Now, Altmaier has done very well in this event. Uh, he ended up losing and qualifying, but then got accepted as a lucky loser, and he's run with it ever since. Beat Atta in straight sets, beat Hoffman in straight sets, and destroyed Munar yesterday, or this morning once again, uh, confusing my overall recording times. He won this morning 6-3-6-0, and Munar was playing well in front of his home country, and you're looking at Chorich. He's played well too, beat Gaston in straight sets, beat Herkaz in straight sets, and beat Fakina in an absolute war in a third set breaker. I believe that match was around three hours and 30 minutes. So fatigue might be an issue for Chorich uh, in this particular match. As for the odds, I understand why Chorich is favored. He's being much better competition, beating the likes of Fakina and Herkaz. But I think there's value on Altmaier here. I just think that based on the current form, he has not dropped a set in this event. So he's been on the court for a shorter amount of time. Three and a half hours? And now you're playing a back-to-back. It's a really bad scheduling spot for Chorch. So I think that based on Chorch's injury history and now playing a pretty long match and having to play a back-to-back, I wonder about Chorch's fitness level. And I do think as a result, Altmaier has some value here. So I'm going to lean to Altmaier plus the games, and I will lean to him on the money line. I think it's going to be a close match. I'd probably lean to over two and a half sets at plus 135. But I do think after dealing with Fakina in an emotional and a physical roller coaster in terms of just match intensity, it would not surprise me if Chorich kind of has a lackluster effort in this matchup. Maybe the recovery isn't fully there. And I think Altmaier is there for a pretty solid spot for him to upset the his opponent here. So give me Altmaier on the money line at around plus 151, and I'll lean to the games at plus two and a half at minus 130. Now, moving on to the third match, you have the other extremely, extremely random what the hell is this quarterfinal between Shang and Karatsev, which I'm sure nobody thought would actually make it this far up to this point. Now, Karatsev, historically speaking, was pretty good on clay. The issue was with Karatsev after his Australian Open dream run a couple years ago, he's been really bad. But he got back on track, I guess, because he's been really good in this event. And to look at his overall path, he had to go through qualifying, and he did well. Uh, has not dropped. He's only dropped one set in the entire event. Uh, kind of got back on track in Munich, where he won a couple of matches there, and ended up losing to Zandeshulp uh, in that tournament. But then ended up parlaying his success, beating a couple of unknowns, but still just for a mental boost, he got a couple of wins there which helped out, and then going through the actual tournament, got through qualifying, including a win over Struff, and Struff's also in the quarters. Then he beat Dejir in straight sets, beat Zandeshulp, so he got immediate revenge there uh, in straight sets, then beat Diminor in three, and then beat Medvedev. And I didn't go on air yesterday, but I actually had a personal play on Karatsev Moneyline at around plus 260 in that match. Because randomly, Karatsev is really, really good historically against Medvedev, which might sound a little bit weird. But Karatsev is, I believe, 4-0 now, head-to-head against Medvedev. It's at least 3-0, bare minimum, 
but he's been really good historically against Medvedev. It is 4-0 at this point. So, yeah, for whatever reason, or, wait, sorry, just doing the math here. Sorry, he's technically 4-1 head-to-head against Medvedev. The one loss, though, was on grass, but in the two clay matches now against Medvedev, Karatsev has won all four sets. So, Karatsev, just a good matchup. And Medvedev was also off a three-set war against Shevchenko in the previous round. So fatigue was a bit of an issue. I thought Karatsev would win at plus 260, plus 270. I love the odds. And that got there. But I'm sure a lot of you don't care about that because I didn't give it out on the air. So it doesn't really matter. But anyway, point is Karatsev, I wasn't surprised, beat Medvedev. At least I'm assuming most people were relatively shocked. I wasn't totally shocked. But Karatsev has played well in this event. Now, Shang has been a really fun player to keep an eye on. Because he finds ways to escape in matches. He's been on the brink of defeat on several occasions, and he's been able to get through it. Now, he was able to beat Shapo in three, beat Nori in three, and beat Fritz in three. And the one parallel with all three of those matches, they all went to third set tiebreakers, which Shang won. It was a shock that he beat Fritz, because it looked like he was dead to rights during that match. Fritz won the first set 6-3, and I believe he was up a break in the second set. And then Shang completely flipped the script. Yeah, Fritz was up. Uh, let me just check this here. He was up a set and a break at 4-3. Then got immediately broken. And then Shang won the breaker 7-5. Then they ended up going to the third set. And Fritz was down a break. So Shang was serving for the match at 5-4. Got broken. Then they went to the breaker. Fritz had two match points at 6-4, 6-5, and you saw Shang fight those off. Then Fritz had another match point at 8-7. So he had three separate match points in the breaker. Shang fought all of them off, and he eventually won the tiebreak 10-8. So he has had a lot of time on the court, and he's had a couple of really, really entertaining matches. I do think, though, the ride will probably end here for Shang. I really do like the current form of Karatsev. He's gone back to his ultra-attacking roots. He's not made as many unforced errors. The mental focus is there. And there was a pretty funny soundbite from the post-match interview with Shang after beating Fritz. Uh, They asked Shang about his potential matchup against Karatsev in the quarters. And Shang said he admitted that they faced off against each other in practice for this event and Karatsev beat him 6-0 in a practice set. And he was kind of laughing about it at the time. And of course, it's different with a 2 out of 3 atmosphere. But the fact that he admitted Karatsev beat him 6-0 in a practice set does make me lean to Karatsev, not to mention the fatigue angle, where Shang might be just totally exhausted. But Karatsev is around minus 2.5 games, arguably minus 3. And I do think as a result, it makes sense. Karatsev's a pretty decent favorite at minus 180 on the money line compared to Shang, who's plus 160. It makes sense. But the fact that Shang disclosed that information in a laughing matter, I know he was joking, but he was still telling the truth, in my opinion. The point is, I do think with that lighthearted comment, he did kind of disclose information that Karatsev, when when he's on, can easily bury this guy. And I do think, as a result, there is some value on Karatsev. So I'm going to use the post-match uh, passing quote as part of the handicap. Give me Karatsev minus the games here. I think he gets the job done, and I think he will be able to win this match, probably in straight sets. Maybe Shang ends up winning a set, but he's been pretty 
I'd say prone to tie breaks, which you could argue could go either way, which maybe actually benefits Shang. But I think that actually benefits Karatsev on the spread because Shang, when he wins sets in this event, has won via breaker, which is only one game. So if Karatsev's able to win this match in three sets with a couple of 6-3 sprinkled in there, then the spread should cash anyway if Shang's winning sets via tiebreak. But anyway, give me Karatsev to get the job done in this match. And moving on to the final match of the quarters. You have a matchup against Sitsipas against Struff. Now, the match ended relatively recently, so I don't exactly have uh, much available for this match. Now, when I say the matches, I meant to say the Struff versus Kachin match and the Sitsipas versus Apotamarias match. Uh, those two ended relatively recently, so I don't have odds on those, but Sitsipas will be a massive favorite, and I'm not picking Struff. No offense to him. He's had a couple of good runs lately, but Sitsipas absolutely demolished uh, Zapata Marias in the match on Tuesday, winning in straight sets. However, he did struggle against team and against Baez, going three sets in each. And Struff has had a couple of competitive matches as well. In fact, he's gone to three sets in each of the last three. Beat Shelton in three. Beat Lahovich in three. Very good win there. Lahovich was in great form. And beat Kachin in three. Now, the only concern, if you want to take Sitsipas, is the fact that, historically speaking, Struff has actually given... Sitsipas some issues. Now, Sitsipas has won a decent amount of the matches, but you're going through the head-to-head, -head, and there has been a couple of three-setters in there. Now, they were on hard court, but each of the last four head-to-head -head meetings have gone the distance. They went three sets in Vienna, went three sets in Dubai, went three sets in Cincinnati, and went three sets in Barcelona, and Struff actually won in Barcelona. However, it is dated. Uh, Vienna was in 2020, Dubai was in 2020, Cincinnati was in 2019, and uh, Barcelona was in 2019. So I'm not sure how much stock you can put into those, but you can argue that Struff's style of play might translate well to this head-to-head -head matchup. But once again, it's on clay, and the last three head-to-head -head meetings were on hard courts. So I'm not sure if that means much. And the Barcelona meeting was in 2019. I think Pass is going to win. The question is, do I think he's going to be able to win by enough margin to actually cover in this match. I'm not sure about that. I do think, though, he probably will win in straight sets. It's really a difficult gauntlet that Stroops had to deal with going three sets in three straight matches and having Sitsipas. But luckily, there is a day off. He is fortunate he does have the Thursday match instead of the Wednesday match. So he, there is some off time, so Stroops should be able to recharge his batteries a little bit. I don't have the odds in front of me, which is unfortunate. But, you know, that's kind of the price to pay when you try to get these podcasts out early because, you know, you're not going to be able to do it late. But I do think with the actual spread that I'm anticipating, I'm assuming it's going to be around four and a half, uh, give or take. It probably won't be a full Alcaraz five against Kakanov. But since he passed on the money line, you probably be around, if I'm guessing, uh, 700 maybe. I think it'll be a huge favorite because of how good he looked against Apatha Marias. So you're probably looking at a four and a half game spread. I'm probably leaning to Struff on the spread, uh, just because I do think Struff can force a breaker, and I think he could make this match competitive. And historically, it seems like a style of play has given Sitsipas some problems. So I'm going to lean to Struff pl uh, plus the games, but I'm not picking him to win the match. I think Sitsipas probably wins. If you want to get greedy and maybe take the match to go three, I don't hate it, but I think Sitsipas probably finds a way to win the match in two relatively competitive sets.
But anyway, that's going to wrap it up for the actual quarterfinal match previews. Now it's time for the Lock and Dog Picks. But before we get into any of that, kind of a quick word from our sponsor. We're brought to you by Shady Rays. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get amazing an amazing 50% off deal, but you also get a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. They also offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed with lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after purchase. If you don't love them, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code SGPN for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to SportsCamPodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes, plus plenty of ways to win with NBA, NHL, and MLB with their player prop parlays. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. This is underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. It's also Kentucky Derby Week, and the notorious OTB brought to you by the SportsCam Podcast Network for all your Triple Crown bets. Plus, leave a review for the show wherever you get your podcast between now and Belmont Saturday, June 10th, and you'll be entered into a drawing to win a canvas print of the Wolf's one-of-a-kind Fallen Bob painting. It's post time. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the quarterfinal matches in Madrid. Now it's time to get into the actual lock and dog picks. We swept the last episode. Hopefully we'll sweep it again. Starting off with the lock, I am going to go to that Alcaraz and Kakanov match. And simply put, I'm going to take uh, Kakanov a team total or personal game total under eight. I think Alcaraz kills him in this match, just simply put. I'm going to take the eight instead of the overall under or spread. Because even if Kakanov does go to a breaker, let's say Kakanov loses the first set 7-6, or even 7-5 in this case, is it possible Alcaraz beats him 6-1 or 6-0 or even 6-2 in a set? Of course. So I kind of have a push draw built in if Kakanov is competitive for one set and then rolls over in the second. But Alcaraz in great form. He had the little slip up there early on against Rusevori, but since then he's gotten back on track. Kakanov has had a couple of competitive matches, had a very difficult match against Rublev on Tuesday, which he won, but Alcaraz looked so good against Zverev. I don't think it was a scrimmage or just a practice session. Alcaraz really just embarrassed him, and with the fact that he's a defending champion in front of the home crowd, he's also probably the most well-liked player on tour right now. Uh, Nadal and Djokovic fans are always going to clash against each other, but Nadal is also injured, and Djokovic was always the odd man out, so to speak, of the big three. But when it comes to most likable players on tour, Alcaraz probably in the top two minimum at this point. At this point. So regardless of, of location, people are going to root for him no matter what. But the fact that he's in Spain, I think definitely helps out with the crowd. Kakanov historically, once again, has lost all five sets on clay to Alcaraz, and most of the sets weren't even close. Uh, they played in Hamburg, and Alcaraz even won via bagel in the first set. I think Kakanov struggles here. I think Alcaraz continues to look sharp, and I think he probably wins this match. Once again, like 6-2, 6-3, maybe a 6-0 in there. Who knows? But giving Kakanov personal game total under 8 
at minus 115 as my lock. And for my dog, I'm going to go to the spread in the Karatsev and Shang match. And I'm going to go with Karatsev minus three and a half games at plus 153. Simply put, I think that Karatsev has the rest advantage because he's won most of his matches in straight sets. The one exception being against Diminor. But you're looking at Shang, and yes, this match will be on Thursday. So Shang will have a day off to recover. But he's gone to three sets a lot in this tournament. And he's had a couple of really, really long marathons. Not to mention the fact that he also is very, very honest. Because in his post-match interview on court after beating Fritz, he did state publicly that they played on clay in a practice set. And Karatsev beat him 6-0. So I do think that matters. The fact that Karatsev destroyed him in a practice session. Now you could argue, you know, emotions will change that overall dynamic and it's two out of three sets instead of one maybe shang had an off day the point is nobody expected shang to be here at this point karatsev at least we've seen in the past i'll admit it but we've seen his upside as a top 20 caliber player top 30 i'm sure most tennis fans had no idea who shang actually was before this tournament started and the fact that karatsev has only dropped one set in the entire event while Shang has had a couple of wars against Shapo, against Nori, against Fritz. Good competition. But the point is, I do think with Karatsev being a pretty decent favorite, and with Shang winning almost all of his sets via tiebreak, that gives a little bit of an edge to the spread, especially if you think that Karatsev could win in three and cover this number. If Shang wins one set via tiebreak, but loses one, one set 6-3, and then maybe another set 6-4, you still win. So I do think there are, there's a couple of ways to win this bet, even if Chang wins a set. And for that reason, I am going to take the spread here. I like the plus 153 with the guy that has won matches more easily and should be more rested. And in my opinion, has more upside on the tour based on how good we've seen Karatsev play at various points in his career. So once again, the lock for the show will be Kakanov under eight, eight games at minus 115 on the team total player prop whatever you want to call it. And for the dog, going to take Karatsev minus three and a half games at plus 153. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. We're back once again for the semifinals and eventually the finals in Madrid. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.